speed is everything, man. Like, <laughs> every time I hear, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Shout out to Aiden. Aiden. Yeah, shout Aiden did a great Aiden. job with that. My man, Aiden. Shout out to yeah. you, man. Aiden McVeigh. <clears throat> no, I'm saying. Yeah, y'all saying. <laughs> so, guys, um, guys, this is the uh, episode seven. Is singleness a curse? This is part two. We have Raquel on the show. Hola. Uh, <laughs> it looked like she's about to scream or something. I don't know. Right? Um, but guys, um, Raquel tore it up. Um, the f- part one. She was getting into um, the refinement process of her of her journey of singleness. Me and Devin were touching on a few things. Um, Raquel is going to continue and and actually break down a little bit more on the process of 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 her being a woman going through this process of singleness. A woman, a woman not a girl, a woman. You know what I mean? I'm grown. And just the <laughs> oh no. <nah. laughs> I'm grown. Um, and so she's going to break down some more rev. Uh, me and Dev are like sitting here eating popcorn, like ready for this mess. You know what Man. I mean? Eating so breakfast. Eating bre- Devin's yeah, leftover Dev- breakfast. Don't tell the people about all that. It's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, but um, so Raquel, um, go ahead and do your thing um, and go break it down. Do. Okay. Another thing that God has shown me in this season of singleness is to honor the season that you're in. Appreciate this season. And I thought about, you know, King David. David was anointed as king at the age of 16, I believe, but he didn't become king until years later. Mm. But what did he do with the time in between? Like, I realized that he honored that season. He served King Saul. He would play the harp, you know, in his house. At that time, music would just calm his spirit. And you literally saw how David was just a man after God's own heart. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, he defeated Goliath. King Saul saw that. He liked it. Wanted him to be, you know, one of the head people in the army and whatnot. And even when King Saul was after, like, David trying to kill him, trying to murder him, like, take him out, David still, like, served Saul. Like, Mm -hmm. he honored. He he submitted under who was king at the time. Mm -hmm. But all of that was used to ultimately just prepare him to refine him to set him up to be king you know at the right time so one thing that god definitely showed me is if i honor this season he will honor me and he would honor me like in my marriage so right now i need to do what i gotta do like prepare Mm -hmm. continue to serve like get busy continue to walk in your calling like don't slow down don't don't stop keep seeking god do what you gotta do get lost in that and God's going to allow everything to just fall into place. And another big thing, like, and this is one thing my dad has been telling me since I was like 16, 17, 18, pray for your spouse. Mm. And I'll be like, pray for my spouse. Why? Yeah, it feels weird, but yeah, it's important. It didn't. And then also like, cause at that age, I wasn't even thinking about that. At 16, I was really not thinking about like marriage. I just wanted like a boyfriend, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, the older I got, I was like, I do need to start praying for my spouse. And if I realize if it's something you want and you desire is worth praying for. And <laughs> just real. a few things, you know, that I pray about when it comes to my spouse. Maybe you don't do it. Like Gage said, it might be weird for you. But just pray that God blesses you with a man or a woman who honors him. Mm-hmm. That's the first, the very first thing. Um, Pray for, I pray for a man who loves God more than he loves me. Amen. Um, a man who's just led by God, because if he's led by God, he'll be able to lead me. That's real. And also just pray for his mind, pray for his health, his finances. Pray that God covers him because God's preparing you right now in your singleness. And if he's preparing you, he's also preparing that person mm-hmm. and your spouse like at the same time. And at the right time, God will allow you guys to cross paths. And also a big one I feel is pray that you both are just emotionally ready Mm. When you guys do meet and get in the relationship, mm-hmm. just make sure y'all both, you know, emotionally available. But yeah, pray, uh, for, pray, for, pray for that woman, Gage. No, nah, I'd probably say, no, that's so true. I think, man, it's um because I'm going to get into my understanding or not my understanding, my story of singleness, which is one of the craziest seasons I'm of my whole entire life that because I've pursued singleness so hard because of how. I mean, I'm going to get into that in a little bit, but it's it, it became really hard for me even to pray about a spouse because I'm just like, let me just focus on singleness, singleness because right. because I'm, I'm so twisted and, and, and I messed up so bad in my past relationships that I was all about singleness. 
So now where I'm in a place where I'm, I'm actually praying for my spouse, there is a, a joy that comes behind it. But yeah, I think I'd probably say I'm thankful for you because you've actually put that in me to like need to pray on that. And when I do pray about it, um, it's cool. Like some of the things that the Lord has spoken to me, like I haven't written down in my notes and stuff like that. Like some things he'll like talk to me about my wife and, um, and I even, um, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, never mind. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> go. Ahead. I'll go ahead and say it now. But this is probably. Um, I think you guys probably already know this, but um, this was in my season of singleness. I'm not gonna get into that now because I don't know whether it would be you or me, Deborah, who are gonna go and talk about that. But um, I remember in my season of singleness, I met this dude, a uh, real good guy, and he talked about like he wrote a he wrote a letter to his future wife that he hasn't even met yet, and I was like bruh I was like that's beautiful and that kind of gives me something like um to wait for and I was even telling them at the beginning of this and I tell a lot of men this uh, as well that um I don't want the rock I want I want the diamond I'm not gonna (laughs) you know what I mean like I don't want to I don't want to trade a quick moment or or something that isn't isn't as valuable like a rock like you could go outside and you could find a rock like I could go outside and find a girl that will probably sleep with me like that's just in reality I could easily you know like um, get on the computer, get on my phone and find something that, that would, that would get me aroused. And then I could watch porn or mash or, or, and I can masturbate. Like I could easily just get the rock and a rock is something you could go right. I could go right outside right now and I could find a rock. It's easy, but tell me to go outside and find a diamond. You got to work for that. Yeah. You don't just go out there. And a lot of the times, if you want a diamond, you got to go to a place and you have to buy it. It, it. it has a cost to it. You feel me? And that's like time working, saving up, getting it. It takes time to actually get the diamond. And that's the thing. And diamonds, those are the things that last. Those are the things that were formed over years of pressure. I want that. I don't want a rock. I want a woman that is like a diamond. Do you know what I mean? And that when I get her that diamond that's going to be on her, her finger, it's a representation of something that I have had to put hard work into spiritually and physically and financially. So I can bless you with this to let you know that I am for you. Like, I love you. Talk to that woman. <laughs> Wherever you she's at. She's listening. And when she's listening in a couple of years, bro, she's going to be cheesy. She's listening like, right now. Talk to that woman. <laughs> oh, I'm geek. I'm geek. so hard right now. All right. Let me go back. Yes. Let me go back. So I talked to this dude. <laughs> Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, dog. Shout out to her. That had to be dead. So anyway. Oh, man. So anyway. um, So I've actually, I've sat down, been with the Lord, and I wrote this letter to my future wife. And for some reason, the Lord um, spoke to me about yellow, like spoke to me like about my wife. He showed me this picture of like a yellow dress. I don't really know what that means, but then I had a friend of mine that actually broke down that what a yellow dress means, um, like spiritually, like if you were to break it down, that yellow usually, yellow is the symbol for joy, Um, Mm -hmm. and and it being a dress, she wears joy, like she is that, and so I was like, man, that's beautiful, so it's so funny that when I wrote this letter to my future wife, who I don't really, that I don't know, and everything, that I ended up getting this letter, and the letter that I happened to have at my job was a yellow letter. And I was like, wow. So I had this, the, I don't, I wrote it years ago. I probably, it, it was maybe, maybe two and a half, three years ago that I wrote this letter to my future wife that I'm going to give to her on the night before we get married. Yeah, I was about to ask you that. Are you going to read the letter to her? N- well, she's going to cry. She's going to be in tears. Nah, I don't know if I was going to read it to her. Hopefully she could read my handwriting. Nah, you're going to have to give scratch. it. You got to give it to her after y'all get married, bro. After? That might be a bit yeah. too much. No, no, right? no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is like, you know how like the night that you guys get married, and it's like you 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 don't see each other, but I give her that letter so that she'll read. And then on oh. wedding day, the first time she'll see me is when she's walking down the aisle. You feels? That's awesome. Come on. Look at you. Come on. In the in the way, it don't, it don't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It matters. Well, then yeah, it does. I mean, the Lord will lead you. Yeah, the yes. Lord will lead me. Lord will lead me. Anyway, <clears throat> so that's kind of an aspect of what the like how I'm. You know, just the preparation. You know what I mean? And. Um, but let's go into, um, so it's either going to be, I don't know if you just want me to go and talk or you, yeah, you, go ahead. You flowing, you flowing. Okay. okay. Yeah, your future wife wants to hear this. Right. Sh- shut that mess <laughs> up. Shut that <laughs> mess up. So anyway, <clears throat> so uh, cheesing and whatnot. I am cheesing. I'm cheesing. I was like, I was like laughing so hard. Like I started to cramp up a little bit. In my oh, stomach, man. Man. Um, so so, okay, so here's basically what happened. I have always been a relationship guy. And I'm saying this for girls, but I'm also saying this for my men out there. Um, my guys who are trying to become men, um, please listen to me right here. 
I have always been. I've had one night stands and I've also been in relationships. The core of that is that I had a, and I believe a lot of guys can relate with me. I had a sex desire that was just on, like, it just felt like a little much. It was just a lot. You know what I mean? And you can look at our last episode on porn or masturbation where I kind of talk about like my past in the sense of like how I got introduced to all of that stuff. Um, but I felt like I needed a, a girl around me so that when I wanted it, I could have it. And there was a part of me that like, I loved the nurturing that a woman would give you the comfort that a woman would give you. And I'm very physical touch. So like, I felt loved by that, you know, even some of my closest mans, like, like when I dap, when I dap people up, I'll dap them up and like bring them in, you know what I mean? And so that's just kind of me, like when it comes to that, and so I've always been in this relationship thing and, and it was, and it really with the relationships, what they were doing is that they were, they were, um, they were filling a void that I needed God to fill. And I wasn't allowed to grow in my relationship deeper with God because I was filling an area, um, with, with, with a girl when God was like, Gage, you can fill that up as much as you want, but until you allow me into that space in your heart, you're not going to be the man that I've called you to be. And I was like, man, man. And so I want all of Jesus. I wanted all of him. And so. <clears throat> I got to a place, you know, like, I mean, I've cheated, um, cheated one night stands, did the whole thing, done girls wrong. Like, um, and like, just to let you guys know of how, and I say this and I'm not boasting in this. I'm literally saying this. I mean, there's no boasting in this at all. I'm literally saying this just because of how, um, how much I couldn't control myself was, um, I remember I was in a relationship. This was a long time ago. Um, and me, me and this girl, we were trying to kind of pursue, God, we were trying to kind of pursue God. Um, and so we made this thing like, oh, it was like, it was coming around the time of Lent where you give something up for 40 days. So like, we were like, oh, let's, um, let's, uh, let's give up, uh, sex for 40 days. Um, and so we get like a weekend and I'm going to tell you what, and we were still staying the night at each other's houses and stuff like that. And I'll never forget the time where like, where, um, something came over me and I just couldn't, I couldn't stop. Like I kept, I kept coming on to her, coming on to her. And she's like, we're like physically like fighting, you know what I mean? And like, I couldn't, I was having trouble like controlling myself and stuff like that. And she's like, Gage, stop, Gage, stop, Gage, stop. And I'm like, it was, it was a thing about like, I just couldn't control my desires and like something came over me and it like literally wasn't me, you know? Um, and then she ended up giving in just because of like, just me just overpowering and I'm being extremely, I'm being extremely transparent right now, but I want you guys to know that I don't, I believe that I'm not the only guy that deals with the lack of ability to control his sex desire and also the, uh, the inability to be able to be the man that God has, has called me to be. So I, I needed, I needed his guidance. And so, um, and so I, girls in the past like I've severely like emotionally hurt because of how I couldn't control myself you know what I mean and and I remember the one Christian relationship that I kind of had once I was saved was I was eight months in and <clears throat> I was being in a relationship and I just didn't steward it right like she'd come over to my house like we'd be watching movies um, we'd be hanging out like brought her on vacation with me and Netflix my family and Netflix and show and you already know where that be leading you know what I mean we weren't even there for the movie no, you know and do so I didn't be doing that y'all do yeah, not do be doing that. seriously you know um, and I know that like the biggest thing is that it, it, it came down to the revelation that when you're when you're pursuing a woman for a man like you want to make sure that everything is very talky and not touchy but you know what I mean come on now and so that was the really the thing is because if you're is because it's real easy to get, jump into something and everything is super touchy and physical and like all it's all sexual um and you're you're just your your flesh is in it but what, what ends up happening is when you walk away and you actually are just seeing that person for who they are and where their heart is you realize dang i'm not into this person at all and and the heart and who that person is that's what actually lasts for a lifetime it's mm -hmm. they're like they're gonna get wrinkly they're gonna get saggy like and it's the same thing for a guy you know what i mean it's it's if you're basing everything off of the physical attributes then you're not you're not really realizing like, the thing that actually does matter and that's the internal and that's. so i didn't understand that at all <clears throat> so i because of my inability to to be free from my like sexual sin um it was the last relationship I was in, like a, um, that Christian relationship, um, that she ended up breaking up with me because I was just I, I couldn't I couldn't take care of her I couldn't um, I wasn't caring for her in the sense of like her being like I don't want to do this and I and I agree but in the heat of the moment, you know it would happen so I got 
she broke up with me and it was the minute that she broke up with me something shifted it shifted in me and to a degree where i like my eyes were opened and then i was like i was like man i was just so into her physically that i wasn't even into her for who she actually was right. you know um and it was in that moment it this was uh this was january 26th of 2016 that was the day that i immediately woke up to seeing that text message and as soon as I saw that text message of January 26, 2016, I immediately, after reading that, got on my notes, and it was the first notes that I've ever written in my iPhone, and I still have it in my phone to this day, that I was like, Lord, I will, I am doing a purity vow to you for four years with no sex, Amen. no porn, no masturbation, no relationships, no nothing. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, and I literally this year just finished that four-year purity vow, so... Um, it was actually January 26th of 2020. So earlier this year was actually when I finished that four year purity vow. And so guys, let me tell you, like it was probably one of the best things that I've ever done in my whole entire life of just spending four years of not looking for a girl to be with, um, but actually focusing on myself. Um, and I don't mean that in a selfish way, but like focusing on my relationship with Jesus to, and so that I, I just wanted to pursue him and I needed, I needed healing. I needed, I needed in, in like internal healing. And there's a Greek word and that Greek word is sozo. And so Jesus in the, in the new Testament, when he came to deliver someone, to save someone, to, to, um, you know, deliver from demons to, um, to say, I mean, the whole thing, it, it was that word sozo. And I was like, God, I need, I need internal healing. I need to be able to be the man that you've called me to be. And, um, it was kind of cool. Like the Lord kind of showed me like every year got a little bit more intense. Like it was, um, it, I, because it was four years, it was almost like I went through a singleness school. It was like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year mm -hmm. is what it felt like. And it was through that process of me just being with the Lord through singleness that allowed me to be refined and and it helped me to get my eyes not off of me needing a relationship for like every moment of my life all the way down guys until I was like in head start like when I mean before kindergarten like I've always been in a relationship like with a girl or something like that so it was something that was ingrained in me from such a young age when I was like four years old you know what I mean from like having a girl you know what I mean to now now where I am right now um, where having four years of no one but just Jesus, it's refined me and allowed me to see my my issues, my insecurities, and allowed me to be confident in every area of my life now. Um, like I used to be so insecure, and the Lord did a great work in me by being able to show me where I was weak. And, and so I pray that this ministers to you. It doesn't mean that you need to do a four-year purity vow, but I want you to know that if you struggle with sexual sin, if you're struggling in these areas, there's an aspect of what it actually is to actually just pursue God for a season in your, in your singleness um, so that he could be able to form you, to deliver you, to heal you, and to, to do his righteous work within you. You know what I mean? Um, and so I'd probably say I'm going to highlight uh, two of the things that the Lord really highlighted in me in, the, in that four-year purity vow was one, one of those was he showed me like, like it was honestly, it was the fruit of the spirit. Uh, and, and I realized that I wasn't going to be able to, to, you know, get rid of my sex desire. Honestly, what it was, a it was a thing that God had created us with a sex desire, but it, um, there's an aspect of self-control. And in Galatians 5, uh, verses 22, uh, all the way over to like 25, um, I can actually read that real quick. Let me, let me read that for you guys. Um, let me go to that real quick. Galatians, Galatians, here we go. So this is Galatians 5. Here we go. Galatians 5, verses 22. I'll start there. But the fruit of the Spirit, and just to let you guys know, I'm going to give you a little context that the fruit of the Spirit is what Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, the Spirit was, was poured out for all of us, and it is the helper. That Spirit is what comes and dwells within us, and when that Spirit comes and dwells within us, it's like a seed, and when that seed takes root and it starts to grow, the fruit that comes out of that tree, so this should come out of our life, and that is the fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And this was the big one that the Lord revealed to me, self-control. Self Come on. Against such uh, things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desire and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step <clears throat> with the spirit. 
Come on, can I get a hallelujah in the house? Hallelujah, self-control is a big one. <laughs> and guys, I want you to know that, like, man, I had no self-control. And I, I, the, what the Lord was showing me um, was, Gage, this was the root. Because I can't, I can't just see the fruit of what was going wrong in my life. I need to know what the root was. And the Lord wanted to show me that my lack of self-control was an aspect of where I was lacking in the spirit. And so as I pursued self-control, the Lord gave me this guidance. And he gave me a grace to be able to control my sex desires and to not look at women as a piece of meat or, or as, 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 uh, as a sex object or what a woman could do to a man because that's what porn did. Um, porn um, and also just being in a relationship at a young age made me look at women more as, as like and, and would sexualize them mm-hmm. but not being able to look at them as like my sisters in Christ and looking at them that they are actually God's daughter and they are the they are the feminine beauty of an aspect of, of, of who the father is. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. they, they release a, a, a gentleness, a, a purity, um, a glory, like the, the, the way that a woman can actually comfort, nurture and bring a physical touch. Like those were the aspects that can actually came down from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord showed me like, he's my great nurturer. He's my great comforter. And he is the one where his presence is, is my, is my, the, the physical touch that I desired. And so for four years I pursued that. And it was in that that I was like, Lord, give me self-control. Guide me in this area of my life. And the Lord poured out his wisdom. Um, he poured out his wisdom upon me where I started to see things like I never saw before. And I started to see the pain that I was in, the hurt that I was in. Um, and he helped me to become the pastor that I'm called to be. Um, you know, and, and man, he was just so near through those four years. I mean, I could just rap about this like forever. But I, I want you guys to know that I've received so much freedom and so much of his intimacy and so much of of knowing Jesus and my identity as a son of God by being able to withhold myself from from falling into a relationship and actually just coming together into honoring him like what Raquel was talking about in 1 Corinthians 7 my undivided devotion to the Lord for 4 years and man it was one of the best things that I've ever done in my whole entire life and will probably be the foundation um, for the rest of my life, you know what I mean? Because it helped me to go from a man, I mean, sorry, from a boy and turn into a man. So now, guys, I, I want to let you know the fruit of this, that now I know what it looks like to actually see a woman with the, God, with, uh, with the eyes of God. I know what it looks like to care for them, to love them, to protect them, to lead them. You know what I mean? To understand the emotional care that it comes with being able to hear a woman and what, what the cares that are on her heart. Because in reality, you will have you will have these these guys who claim to be men that will listen to women um, and women will start to share an intimate aspect of who they are through just talking with them. And then what men do is they lure them in, have sex with them, and then they kind of leave them off to the side and women are getting hurt and they get ab- and they they have all these heart pains and, and abuse that's happened over time. And then they fall into these cycles over and over and over again because a woman wants to be loved. But really the love that they're longing for is actually the love of Jesus. It's it's the it's the awareness of like you are seen, you are known, I hear you, and God wants to be that, you know? And so for a man, like I was like, I I will refuse I refuse to be in a place of of just allowing myself to be to be flowed like the waves you know what I mean left and right and flowed by my emotions but I wanted to be firm in my understanding and in my identity of God um, so that I could be able to love well and I can help those who uh, struggle in these areas because because it because it affected me so much um, now I know that what the enemy tried to do to destroy me now has become now has become my greatest um, weapon against mm-hmm. going and helping other believers fight against this so they can destroy the aspect like the they could destroy hell with this you know so i praise god for that because i literally remember it one day like it was literally after a day of like masturbating or like and, and whatnot and i was like god please set me free you can take anything from me but i don't believe this can actually be i can be free from this um and what do you know god's like you know, I will just like what Paul was saying, but I boast in my weaknesses um, so that so that Jesus may be glorified. And it was in my weakness that God make, made my weakness my strength. And so now I can now glorify God and and be who he's always made me to be like, man, it, it's it's one of the greatest joys. And I'm so excited uh, for continuing this path. I mean, I don't plan on being single you know what I mean, for the rest of my life, you know what I mean? But the Lord has shown me and, and, and actually spoken to me about my wife. Um, oh. 
yeah and like stuff like that you know and yeah, i was about to ask you so you know now these four years you know no dating no nothing mm-hmm. the four years ended in january right mm-hmm. so you're saying you're ready for the next season of your life yeah yeah i'm oh snap, no, snap. <laughs> <You're ready. laughs> you guys are funny yeah i'd probably say that um i'm absolutely ready uh to and i think that was uh like the lord told me i was like well now lord i don't really know what to do and he was like he was like um he's like date like like you know like be open to to have conversations and a lot of the times like i would just refrain i refrain myself and kind of like run away just because i wanted to keep myself pure and and i wanted to you know just not lead anybody astray or like any girls or whatnot and so now i have like i feel like the lord has kind of like put me out there to being like go ahead and have those conversations go ahead and like share how you feel make decisions you know what i mean um ask 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 someone out to be able to uh, know them more and to be able to kind of like see where things can go so that's uh, a little frightening you know what i mean yeah you said date <clears throat> it's important to remember you know that that person first mm-hmm. there that's your sister in christ that's Amen. your brother in christ Amen. and that's super humbling mm-hmm. you know no you're 100 percent right um yeah and i think the i think in any intention like i'm not here to um, and I think with with anybody, even all who are listening now, I don't think we should ever really just pursue a dating relationship just mm-hmm. to date without the without the goal being marriage in the mm-hmm. end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so be intentional. Exactly. Be intentional. Know your intentions. And also, like, again, like what I was saying earlier, like, I want the diamond. I don't want the rock. Like, I want I want I've uh, um, been through the hard pressing and the, and the refinement so that I could be completely free. And and guys, I want to let you know, I think this was my third what was it? Uh, this was my third year. It was, it was like, it was to the end of my third year in my purity vow that I had this dream. I had this dream. I'm going to share two dreams that I had. These are the Lord led me in these dreams. Uh, I had this dream in the end of my third year and I was, it was basically this demonic thing in my dream. And it was a, um, it was like this man who he was a he was like perverted he was a perverted man and it was like this spirit and i remember in my dream i was going to go and i and i saw this demonic perverted like person um that i knew who he was um and so i was going to go and like destroy him in my dream and so i pick up like this metal thing that was on the ground and i go over to try to hit him and then he caught it and then i was like oh snap um, and so after that, I woke up and then I knew it was the Lord leading me to pray against this spirit. And it was this spirit of perversion. Um, and so as I start praying against this thing, it was literally a week later, I was with some friends in Anacostia in D.C. when we do ministry over there. Um, and they were praying for me. And as they were praying for me, um, I just start, man, I like, and, and guys, if you don't know about this, like believers can have demons. Um, it's like a reality. Not that. It, uh, so there is oppression and then there is possession. Um, unbelievers can be possessed by demons, but believers cannot be possessed, but you can be oppressed in the sense of like demons are affecting you. And so I was oppressed by this perversion, uh, demon that like somehow came into my life at some point. And so I had some friends of mine in Anacostia, they were just praying for me and it wasn't even, we were just praying, we were all praying for each other. And then they were praying for me. And I remember one of my good friends, Hannah, she was just like, um, she was saying this proverb in the book of Proverbs. She's just reading it. I don't remember what it was, but as she starts reading it, like I start clinging up and I start manifesting this demon. Um, and like, I'm like, I'm like making, I'm like making a fist with my hands. I'm like moving around in my seat and stuff like that. And I was like, dang, I'm actually in a war right now. And so, um, and beautifully, like the Lord set me free. And I remember make like say, I, I like, I screamed loud and I was like, get out. And I remember when I said that, I felt this thing leave out of me. Um, and it was like, wow. And I, and so it was in that moment that the Lord actually brought me into a deeper level of freedom. And it was so cool because a week later I was actually going to be teaching at a youth camp. And I was actually the, one of the main, uh, things that I was teaching on was actually purity with Jesus. And it was so beautiful that the Lord actually made me clean right before I was actually going to walk into that camp to actually preach on that. So I was like, thank you, Lord, you know? Um, so had, so the Lord had me set free in that. Um, and that was probably one of the most uh, intense things probably at the end of that, you know, three-year period of just like, man, like, Lord, you're good um, in the sense of like, you see me, you refine me, you are making me whole and ready for who you have for me. Um, and so, guys, I just uh, I just want to let you know that um, it has been some of the best years of my life, foundational years um, that I even say now, like, Lord, these are some of the best years of my life of being with you, undivided devotion, being with you. Because when I get in a relationship, 
I don't want to be divided as much. I still want that. I want, I want that undivided devotion to you. Um, and I know who I'm looking for. I know who you are calling me to be with in a way so that I can be one with you, you know? And even in another aspect, I'll bring, I'll bring up, oh, this is the other story um, that this other dream that I had. Um, and then I'm going to um, kind of close uh, my, my part of, of it. I had this dream. This was maybe, this was after I finished the purity vow. I had this dream uh, and I was in a dark room and I was leading, I was leading the gathering or whatnot. And while I was leading the gathering, um, it was uh, all of you guys were there. Like Raquel was there. Devin was there. And so they were all leaving and I was in a dark room. And while I was in the dark room, I heard my wife um, in the dream. And she was just like, she was like, it was kind of like that game of like, you're warmer, you're warmer. Oh, you're cold. You know what I mean? And so like, she kept saying, you're warmer, you're warmer. And so I was getting closer and closer and closer to her. And so I knew that I was like right there next to her. So I was, it was kind of like, I went to like embrace her. Um, and, and, and just to let you guys know, man, her voice, her voice was so soothing. <laughs> I was <Boy>. in, <laughs> I was in that dream and I was like, Okay, you know, <laughs> let me stop, let me stop. But she was telling me, she was like, you're warmer. And so as I was getting closer to her, I went to go to like and embrace her, you know, kind of like into like resting into it. And I was like going to embrace her. And then in the dream, I felt this powerful force. It was demonic that grabbed me, picked me up and slammed me into the ground. And literally in a super demonic voice that I even felt like I heard physically, like out of my dream, it says, I will never let you find the perfect one. And I immediately woke up. And so I wasn't scared. I was like, well, praise God. Um, she's close, right? And the, what the enemy's trying to do is to help, is the enemy's trying to get me scared in the sense of him trying to get in the way. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of that. Like, I'm not scared of what the enemy's trying to do, but the enemy wouldn't come after me unless he knew that my marriage soon to be was going to be something that was going to help to destroy darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not going to move in a place of fear, but I'm going to pray against what the enemy is going to do to try to delay it. You know what I mean? So guys, be in, be be near to the Lord. Walk with him in this whole process of what he's doing. Um, and I'm going to leave this with you guys. Uh, definitely check out the book of Proverbs. Um, and I'm going to pass it over here to Dev. Definitely the book of Proverbs. Uh, this is all has to do with wisdom. Proverbs 6, 7, and 8 talks about the woman of wisdom. And the woman of wisdom is basically, um, it's helping to break down about how um, men um, who don't have understanding, they fall for the, for the, the, uh, the adulterous woman, uh, the, the seducting woman, and that that ends up leading them to hell. But if you have wisdom, if you list, if you open your ears to the woman of wisdom, you'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord and being able to know not to fall into your sexual sin, but fall into the loving arms of God's word of his voice. So amen. Amen. That's good. Thank That's you, really good. That's really good. And thank you for getting like vulnerable like early yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Thank things you, like that. And that just shows you that like when you could be that vulnerable about, about something that's so like, you know, that a lot of people would like naturally hide that just show that you're free from it because mm-hmm. you're not ashamed to speak on that because, you know, Christ is good and he has set you free from it. Amen. So it's like when you could speak on things like that, you know, glory be to God, you know, because he has delivered you from that. So amen, amen to that. So no shame. No shame. So, yeah, just to get into mine, like um, just to kind of keep it simple and short, like I'm sure you guys have kind of heard a little bit about my past regarding like relationships and stuff like that. So I'm not really going to get too deep. Yeah, I have like a big history about like dealing with women, you know, always throughout like, you know, school, like from kindergarten to like, you know, till I was probably about like 19, 20 is probably when it started to kind of like, you know, fade away. But for me, like I think singleness for me is what I needed to grow with God because I wasn't like when I was in these relationships and like I was speaking on earlier, if you're not really actively walking with God and being filled by him and being filled by the love that he can give, you don't honestly know how to love. You know what I'm saying? And you don't know what true love looks like. Therefore I can't be with somebody giving them, you know, like I'm giving them like a worldly love, a love that it's all about feeling and emotions and stuff like that, because that's not what love is. Love has to do with action. It's literally like, I'm going to, do something for you that benefits you. Like it may not benefit me. Like say like, you know, you get into like a little disagreement, you know, worldly love, which is like a feeling love. Like, oh, well, you don't make me feel good. So I'm a, you know, like give you evil for evil. But then, a you know, a, a heavenly love, a, a love of God is like, okay, you know, you're doing something that's kind of, you know, making me feel a certain type of way, but I'm still going to love you and I'm still going to lay down my emotions and I'm going to try to, you know, help you out and, 
and you you know your anger whatever's going on with you you know what i'm saying it's like a love that it, it, it benefits you you know what i'm saying so Amen. Amen. that's the thing for me and i think a lot of a lot of my relationships and especially because i've never seen a godly marriage and like you know what i mean i never seen that walked out you know i was getting into these relationships with a very carnal mindset meaning like you know it was just more so like oh how you make me feel oh like it's beneficial right now you know like raquel was saying like you know we have somewhat chemistry so let's just kind of see where it goes oh i'm attractive you're attracted well you're attracted to me i'm attracted to you let's just hey you know what i'm saying that's the thing like that's so vain and that's so empty because it's like yeah you could be attracted to somebody physically but you know emotionally mentally you guys are nowhere near compatible but you're just trying to you know you're walking in lust and just because they look good you're blinded to everything else that shows you red flags that you're just kind of overlooking because oh well they look good so you know as long as you know we're good in that area that's it but it's like that's that's literally like one of the most important or at least important things is like, you know what I'm saying? Because you have to like Gage was saying, you know, you get old, you get wrinkly. Like if you're really investing time into somebody, it needs to be deeper than just physical attraction. And I think that was really the thing for me. And like right before I came to the Lord, when I knew he was gripping my heart, he was gripping my heart for a long time. And I was in alternative school. And this is like 2014, 2015, 2016. Then I graduated 2016. He's literally pulling my heart that whole time. And the whole time I'm like suppressing it, but kind of giving in a little bit. Like, you know, I would I would pray here and there. I'd read, you know, like a, um, a daily devotion on my email and stuff like that. But then, you know, I'm just suppressing it, still living in sin by, you know, dealing with different females and doing different things that were sin. You know what I'm saying? Having lust in my heart and all type of things like that. But then it came to the point in 2018 where I started dealing with this one girl and, you know, it was a quote unquote Christian relationship. You know, I'm growing with the Lord a little bit. She's been in church for a while. She goes to church like three times a week. I'm like, okay, well, that's holy. That must be holy because obviously it wasn't. So we're dealing with one another. And then um, I think. You know, I even knew because the Lord was gripping my heart for a long time and I knew that it wasn't of the Lord and I knew that she wasn't the one for me. But she, you know, I found her attractive and I thought that she was a Christian, so it must be from the Lord and me not really walking with Jesus. I couldn't tell if it was his voice saying, you know, no, this isn't the one or yes, it is the one. You know what I mean? And he was really letting me know like this girl, you're not even really attracted to her mentally. You know what I'm saying? You're in two different total areas. And just because I haven't you know, I didn't give the Lord time in my singleness to really, you know, find purpose for my life and find, you know, what he's calling me to do. If I don't even know myself with him while walking in singleness, how could I, you know what I'm saying? I can't find myself by being with another person. Mm -hmm. So the thing for me is like, like Gage was saying, which is funny because our like story is kind of the same, um, which was, was like weird to me. Like, you know, she just kind of like start acting weird and stuff like that. And I remember she was just kind of like, well, I think we should take a break. And then, you know, me, I'm like, oh, like, nah, you know, I know what breaks mean. Let's not take a break. Let's like meet up and talk about it. Yada, yada, yada. And then it ended up like, you know, and it's funny because I prayed like, Lord, if this is not your will, like take her away. And he literally took her away. And that's when all the weird stuff started happening. So when she actually like, you know, was like, well, nah, let's not do it. I remember I think I prayed and I was like, wow, like, Lord, is this like you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do I do? And it never, you know, that we never linked up. We never got together to talk about it, which was really good. And that's when like my walk with God just kind of took off. And it was nothing that I really did because it just came to the point where like, you know, I said one prayer that I didn't even genuinely mean, but it was, you know, it was God's will for me to walk with him. So he actually, you know, took that pray I was like okay bet I'll do it like now are you going to walk with me and that's when I just started really walking with him and then that's when I kind of just um I knew that I kind of had to walk in a season of singleness because a lot of my past relationships my heart was just broken and just very like wicked when it came to that side because I didn't know what it what a real relationship should look like I didn't know you know um you know you should date with the intention of marriage I didn't know all these things so I had to really walk with the Lord in a season. So I think for me, I started walking and then um that's when I kind of got into like a situation ship in a sense where like, you know, me and uh one girl, like she was cool and like, you know, we would text and yada yada yada. And um, but she wasn't even really walking with the Lord. So then the Lord had to deliver me from that. And then it's funny because I kind of knew that like I couldn't be unequally yoked, but then it took the Lord to really kind of like take me through that to really understand that sense. And that's when he started, you know, teaching me like, you know, like just the little things like, you know, like um, you get in certain, you know, circumstances with like, you know, if you're dealing with an unbeliever, you get in certain circumstances where you could see that they just don't have the fruit to be able to be in a relationship. You know what I mean? So I think for me, um, I've really just learned like about 
like the Lord kind of showed me about himself and like gave me like a side of him that like he's comforting. Like I don't have to go to a female to get comfort. I don't have to go to a female to feel loved. I don't have to go to a female to be physically touched because that's good. The thing for me, like, like I think the thing for me, especially being raised by a woman that like I'm used to that, like emotional attachment to a woman because like I was, you know, always around women. So I kind of wanted that physically, but in a different way, like relationally. So the Lord kind of when he kind of took the one relationship away from me and it kind of showed me that, like, you know, it's not his will for me to be with an unbeliever or to even walk to, to even be in a relationship at that moment. You know, I think it was really he was like kind of opening like like giving me his heart and really like letting me understand him be, because before I'm suppressing all those things I'm not walking with him so I'm not giving him the time of day you know but when you're single and you're really you know you're like Lord well, I'm giving my time to you and I'm devoting my time to you he's faithful you know what I mean and he you know what you give him he's going to give you a thousand times that even more you know what I'm saying because he can exceedingly abundantly do all that we could ask or think you know what I'm saying Amen. but it's for us to really you know get before his presence to really get to him and and to like you know sit there and and really learn him you know what i mean that's good and then also like we were talking about earlier contentment i really learned contentment because i think for me like you know you when you when you don't know contentment especially with like jesus like you know you're you're just bouncing around kind of trying to find whatever makes you feel good because you're not content you feel me you're you're constantly trying to be you know find a joy that you can't find because you're trying to find it in women but if you don't even know the creator of marriage you know the creator of relationships how could you find joy in something that he created when you're not doing it with him so i think coming to him like he really um you know, just showed me how good he is, showed me how, like, you know, uh, just his majesty, like, that I could really just be like, wow, like, you know, you're a God who sits in heaven on the throne, like, that's wonderful, and I can talk to you, and, like, you sent somebody to die for me, like, you, and you was in heaven before, and you didn't even have to, and the, the one who died for me is you, like, it's just like, huh, like, you feel me, and it's like, you just start to learn these things, and he just unfolds it before you. And then you just start to get content because these things are real and it gives you hope. And then your heart is full to the point where you don't even want the little things that don't even matter anymore. Because it's just like I'm so filled with you that I don't have to go searching around for, you know, cheap little replacements of you. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what that's honestly what like worldly relationships are. It's like a cheap replacement of the relationship we should have with God. Because we're trying to be filled by other people who is flawed. You know what I'm saying? Every human, we have all sinned, you know, and we all fall short of the glory of God. So, you know, we're, we're, we're flawed. Everybody in some way, shape, or form. But God is, you know, he's without evil. He's without sin. So he's good. And he's always going to be, you know, sufficient. Like Raquel was saying, like his grace is sufficient for us. You know what I mean? That's and then good. um, I think just really what he showed me and opened up to me is like, you know, reading his scripture and really opening it up. It just it, it really shows you his will and what his intentions are, you know, um, for us, you know, as humans, like you could just see all throughout the Old Testament and the, in the, uh, or the Old Testament, you know, in the prophets like Isaiah 46, like, you know, it, um, you know, God has carried us in our mother's womb. You know, he would carry us even to our old age when our hair is gray. You go to John chapter 10 and, you know, you Jesus is the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. You just see the care, uh, you know, just how God cares for us all throughout scripture and how much he loves us. You know what I'm saying? And that really opened up to me like. And when you understand that, especially walking in your singleness, it's like you're not going I'm going to keep reiter like reiterating this. Like you don't have to go to somebody else to fill you up because you're being filled up by Jesus, you know, himself. Like and that's just so filling to the point where you don't have to go, you know, and do it your way. So that's good. And he's the best one. He'll fill you up the best. Amen. Amen. And my scripture for that, like like that kind of correlates with like just my singleness is uh, James 4, 8. And this is um this is the half brother of Jesus. A lot of people believe that this is James, the half brother of Jesus writing this. And it's just to kind of give you context in James chapter four. What's going on is um basically James is like, you know, um, let me see. Let me flip. Let me flip. Flip it there. Flip it there. So, yeah, uh, just to give the context in James chapter four, you know, James is like, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you uh, you do not have. So you murder, you covenant cannot attain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And he's just going on like, you know, he's letting people know that, like, you know, we don't have sometimes because we don't go to God to ask for these 
these things and then we don't and, and even if we ask we he doesn't god doesn't give it to us because we wouldn't know how to store it correctly we wouldn't know how to use it if he gave it to us and a lot of sense like you know we could be single and we could be asking for a relationship but god's not going to give it because he knows that that would lead to our destruction because we could we wouldn't store it well you know That's what i mean good. so then you get the james uh you know uh chapter four verse eight it says draw near to god and he would draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded and i think the thing for me is you know even though the lord was calling me for so long like you know it took me to be single to really not be blinded by what i had in front of my eyes to really draw near to him so once he took away all the relationships and once he put it in my heart to really give myself to a, a period of singleness it kind of like all I had at that point was to draw near to him, you know, because I know that he's calling me. I know that he took away the relationship that, you know, I thought I was going to be in for the rest of my life. He's, you know, I, I now draw near to him because I know that he's working in my life. And when you draw near to him, he's faithful. So he'll come near to you. But then it really take like the second part of this verse. It really takes us to like cleanse our hands because we, we don't cleanse our hands and we're constantly trying to do it ourselves. We're never going to draw to him. You know what I mean? And that's just the thing for me, like. So walking in my singleness, I think the the biggest thing that I learned is just his character. And and that's really what that's like good. set me free from all those desires. Because when you come to the Lord and you draw near to him and he comes near to you, he's gonna fill he's gonna fill you with himself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest thing for me is him filling me with himself, him giving me a new heart, him giving me a new spirit. And it's really just us going and asking for these things because those is the things that he wants to give us. And if we ask, he's gonna give it to us when we ask in faith. So, yeah. And I, even to say, like, there's a there's this verse, um, that I believe, I believe it might be in Pro I believe yeah, it is in Proverbs where it says a man who finds a wife uh, finds favor from the Lord. You know what I mean? And I want that favor from the Lord. Right. Devin wants that favor from the Lord. Raquel wants the the, I'll the, be the favor factor. Exactly. You'll be the favor factor. And um, it's beautiful. And it's a blessing from God. And let's not let's also get this uh, in check as well that marriage is symbolic of of the marriage of jesus and the body of christ do you know what i mean at the same way how um the same way how jesus laid down his life for the body um is the same way how in marriage how the man will lay down his life uh, for the woman you know what i mean um and it's it, it's in um it's it's one of the most beautiful things that um how jesus loves the church literally marriage is actually a symbolic thing of how Jesus loves the church and we on earth have not been able to steward it well because I believe a big part of that is that we don't take advantage of the season of singleness so that we could be able to refine ourselves get the foundation and be able to allow God to um to to form us you know like we're we're clay in the potter's hands um it's like Jeremiah 18 if you want to like to read more on that um, but uh, God tells Jeremiah to go to the the potter's house, and the potter is making this vessel, and then he destroys it, and then he re he re he makes it, and then what uh, God says to Jeremiah, can I not do the same thing with 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 Israel? Um, and God's even saying that with their own thing, like you know, you may be built up and been a whole type of the world may have built you up to be this thing, and God's like, if you trust me, let me actually crush you, right? That's actually a, a joyous process, right? Dying to um, dying to jesus you actually become alive that's that's the thing it's it's you dying so that he can he could raise you up and then as god destroys what the world has created god can reform you into the beautiful vessel that he's created you to be where god can actually fill you with his oil he can fill you with his wine he can fill you with the bread of life and that right there is beautiful and that's what that's worth fighting for you know that's yeah good. that's really good I mean, because it's it's really just being yoked to him, you know, and like Gage explained the yoked earlier with like the ox and all type of stuff like that. Like it's living a life yoked to him. And that's what we a lot of us miss, you know, because, you know, walking in the world, you're trying to find that person to yoke yourself to. But you're not even yoked to Christ. So how could you be yoked to a person where you're not even yoked to Christ? Because you're not you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're not going to be able to lead them well if you're not you know, if you're if you're trying to lead yourself like we need to be led by Christ and all that we do. Yeah. And so, guys, uh, I think as we come to a close, I think we should touch on this topic because I do believe this would be really. So what if you're a Christian? You want to come after Jesus. You want to do this thing. Right. But you realize that you're actually in a relationship that is actually sinful. Oh, that's a good question. Say that again. <laughs> so you're a Christian. You're you're pursuing Jesus. 
right? But you're in, you're currently right now in an, in an unhealthy relationship where you guys are like fornication, having sex. Um, you're dealing with that. And so you want to pursue Jesus in that, but you're stuck in this relationship where you guys are falling into sin. Like, what do you do? Raquel? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be blunt. Leave. Amen. Yeah. The option you have, break up with that person because I've been in that. You have. Yes. Or I was literally serving in church, leading worship behind closed doors. I'm falling into sin, given to temptation. Mm-hmm. And it's like that person doesn't get it, you know, because they don't have a relationship with God themselves. So to them is like, oh, it's enough just to say, oh, I believe in God mm-hmm. and I'm saved. You know, I have my own relationship with God or whatever. I'm going to justify that. And it's like you only... Not everyone I say is Lord, Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, it's like you're not actively pursuing it. It's like break up, man. Because yeah. like I said earlier, you cannot flirt to convert somebody. You cannot drill it into their minds. You can't force somebody to go to church. If they don't experience that hard change for themselves, if they don't experience the, the love of God for themselves and understand the full character of God and just have that genuine encounter with God, like... You cannot do it for them. You cannot change their hearts. All you're going to do is just fall into a place where you're nagging the person. And you don't want to be the nagging boyfriend or the nagging girlfriend. You're not. And then also don't get just, it's better not to even play with it or entertain it. Because then once Mm -hmm. you're in it, emotions get involved. You end up falling in love with this person because you're hanging out with them every single day. Like y'all have good chemistry. Just because you have chemistry with a person doesn't mean like they're the one either. Mm -mm. You know? So you just, you begin to fall in love with them and it makes it even harder to leave. Cause I was like, I don't want to break this person's heart, but I know that this person isn't the one, Yeah. but it's like your mind in a sense, wait, how do I, how do I explain it? Like your, your heart feels love for this person, but it needs to catch up with what your mind already knows. Mm. And my mind knows I need to leave. My mind knows I don't know when this person's going to change or when this person's going to come to God. You don't know those things. Only God knows, and that person has to make that decision decision for themselves to submit their lives to Christ. Amen. So save yourself the heartache, the heartbreak. You don't want to hurt the other person in the process because it will it'll end up being for their for their. Uh, it, you like it's hard, but I believe this firmly, and maybe if you guys agree with me. It's the hard process, but if you're willing to actually break up with that person, mm-hmm. it's actually doing them more good so that you, as you pray for them, that they would actually come under the knowledge of Jesus and actually grow in that area as well. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that happened to me before, actually. My The first relationship I was in, mm-hmm. uh, high school going into college, I got out of that relationship. And what I did, I began to pray for my ex. I had no desires of getting back with him, but what... I decided to do was, you know what, I'm going to pray for this person because I, I, now I care for their salvation. Yeah, I'm not praying for, oh God, save this person that could be my husband. No, I'm praying because I genuinely care for your soul. I want you to be saved. And that's exactly what happened. Like two years later, um, ends up hitting me up, inviting me to church and all that. I'm like, I'm trying to get back with you, whatever. But I was able to see that change. Like he came to God. So that's like good. all those prayers that I prayed for my ex weren't in vain. Mm-hmm. so yeah that can it's also depends on the person the individual as well yeah but one thing i always i prayed for in the moment was lord help this relationship to not have been in vain amen because my relationships are what pulled me closer to god the unequal relationship that i was in it made me realize you know god i need you more so i'm amen. like do this for that person help this situation the emotional roller coaster we were in lord help them not to have been in vain you know help them to respond make their heart receptive to just turn to you now that i'm not there the distraction is gone the other yeah. person is not there yeah. now it's you it could be a distraction god mm-hmm. amen that's good yeah. yeah and so guys like to wrap this up we want to let you guys know that your most important relationship is relationship with jesus relationship with yeah. jesus like uh-huh. you have to have that wedding ring wrapped around your spirit you're married to jesus first before you're married to the second person amen. Yeah. you know what i mean it's the most important and so yeah yeah any closing remarks I think just for me, like, 
you know, and a lot of people, this is kind of going back to like, you know, the first episode we was talking about the lies. Don't be that person that's like, oh, well, I'm going to try to find my spouse and I'm just going to wait and hold off with God. And once I get my family together, then I'll go and, you know, go back to the Lord. Please don't do that. Cause mm-hmm. I heard that before where it's like, well, I'll just find her and we'll have kids. And then once, you know, I'm like 40, then we'll just, you know, start walking with Jesus. It's like, please don't do that's that. Backwards. Yeah. Don't be that. Per- I've literally heard that. Cause it's like, you know, you just want to live for you. Like you just want to, you know, you want to do what you want to do. You want to give into the flesh and then you want to go walk with the Lord. And it's like, that's backwards. You know what I'm saying? And like, like you said, like, and I think, um, another thing is like, you know, especially if you're walking in this season of singleness or, um, you know, you're, you're, you're giving yourself to the Lord for a period of time in singleness where you're not even looking for a relationship. The most important thing is to put yourself around like-minded people because like Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And it's like, even for myself, you know, coming around Gage at first and me being in that, like, you know, that situation, you know, and I'm seeing Gage walking in, like in the midst of like a four year purity two years ago. So you're probably like two years in and uh, some change or whatever. And then I see this man walking in a four year purity vow. And I know I'm in something that I shouldn't be. And it's like, Oh snap. Like it starts to convict you, but then it also helps you and stirs you up and leads you to do something. not literally like that, but it just shows you that Jesus is like, you know, so worthy because I'm seeing this man's life and he's so happy and he doesn't have a female there. Like he doesn't need that. So it's kind of showing you like you could really be completely joyous with Jesus alone, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's just a beautiful thing. So put yourself around people who's going to who, who who's like minded and who's doing, you know, who wants the same as you regarding the Lord. Like like Raquel said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put people around yourself like that, because they're who you put yourself around. You're going to kind of, you know, mimic mimic them and, you know, they're going to sharpen you. So be That's sharpened good. by people who's being sharpened by Christ. Yeah, Amen. Find community yeah. around godly minded people, mm-hmm. friends, start serving, get busy. Because People mm-hmm. think all oh, my life starts, you know, once I'm married. Mm-hmm. No, your life nah. starts now nope. in your singleness. And yeah. as you're, you know, going on this journey with God, whoever God has for you is going to come and join you in that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Fire. So, guys, guys, we want to thank you um, for joining us on episode seven is singleness a curse. This is part two. So if you haven't, um, I'm sure you've already watched part one before you came into part two. But I mean, this could be honestly several parts and um, let my journey, let Devin's journey, let Raquel's journey um, let it minister to you and let it take you into the place of, of, of just being before Jesus, getting into his word, opening up with your friends about your struggles or what may be going on in your own personal life, because this is something to fight for. This is something, um, that just has destroyed, um, the body of Christ. And, and I mean, and when I was talking about that divorce rate, it's also in the church as well. Like more than 50% of Christian marriages actually end in divorce as well, unfortunately. So let us be against this the statistic and let us fight the good fight of faith um, to be able to bring real wholesome beautiful marriage that actually mirrors jesus's love for the body of christ yes sir so, <gasps> this yeah. was so fun this yeah. was great so that raquel like it's been a like a blast we're definitely yes. we're gonna have raquel on again we she got did amazing yes. nah she did Lord real willing, good. thank you guys i would definitely come back again nah it's oh. great would you like to pray for the people, engage and I, and yourself, of course. Sure. Come on, I'm getting my hands out for this. I'm about yeah, to receive this prayer. Oh, this was good. All right. Father God, we thank you again. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. I just thank you for being in this, Father God. Your spirit definitely moved. You poured into us, Father God. I know the message that you gave to me, to Devin, to Gage, is going to minister to the listeners, Father God. I pray that. For all of us who are single, Lord, may we just embrace this season and just enjoy our time with you and to just delight in you, Father God. I pray that you give us the self-control that we need, the strength that we need, Father God, to just endure and to just make it through, Father God. Help us to wait on you, Lord. Help us to be patient, Father God. Help us to not get into a place of frustration, Lord, where we just act on impulse and end up getting in a relationship because we're lonely and out of desperation, Lord. Help us to find our delight in you, our happiness in you. And I just thank you, Father God. Bless the listeners. Bless everyone here, Father God, Devin's family, Gage's family, Lord. 
Cover us all with your blood, with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, sir, y'all. Such a joy. Thank you, Raquel. This was great. Thank Thank you, you, woman of God. Man of God. (laughs) I was waiting to say that. I know. Man of God. Nah, but this was good. So, yeah, we shall see y'all. Bye, y'all. See you guys. All right, party people. Love y'all. Peace. Peace.